Welcome to the Posters in Every Direction podcast. We are your hosts. My name is Mike. And I'm Erica. And on this show, we discuss concert posters, music with a heavy emphasis on the Dave Matthews Band, artists, and the community of poster and merch collecting. So whether you are new to this hobby or a seasoned professional, we invite you to come and relax now and join us in the space between music and art. This is episode six of the Posters in Every Direction podcast. The walls and halls have disappeared. This episode is dedicated to some of the logistics and challenges in the world of poster collecting. I felt like uh, this episode's where we're going to share a little bit of the less glowy side to being a collector. Uh, If you already have some posters, you know that these are not small and they require space some type of care, and certainly logistics. So we thought a conversation about some key things to keep in mind as you step into the art of collecting art. Yeah, the art of collecting art, that phrase kept coming back to me when we were talking about what we were going to talk about today. Mm -hmm. Um, And really wanted to take a step back from specific posters or specific art review and just talk to y'all a little bit about our experiences um, and what we see, what we read about, what we hear about in sort of the, the poster collecting community. Mm-hmm. And so I thought we would kind of go through some different categories or some different things to think about. Um, if you're new to the hobby, if you're just getting into poster collecting, maybe you have one or two. Or maybe you're looking to fill some space on your walls at home, a particular uh, game room, or maybe even a child's nursery or Whatever you might be designing. Or, or your formerly known as your dining room has now become your music slash poster room. <laughs> yeah, that might be a, a byproduct of collecting. <laughs> um, but really thought we would talk about some of the, the categories or um, logistic items that come up as you start to go down this rabbit hole that mm-hmm. is gig poster collecting. So yeah. the first one that I thought of was just simply identifying what you like. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it can be a little bit challenging to say, well, either I have a poster, I like it, I'm not sure why I like it, or maybe you're just jumping in and you don't know if it's something you want. Mm -hmm. I can remember early days at Dave Matthews concerts and walking by merch tents and not yet being interested in the poster. Not even Um, thinking twice about it. Yeah. And so I'm trying to put myself in those shoes of my younger self or maybe a new listener that doesn't collect posters and say, if I was going to jump in at some point with both feet, how might I do it? And so the first thing I thought of was, well, identify what you like. Right. So whether you are focused specifically on a band, Mm -hmm. right? You are like we are big Dave Matthews band fans. We also have ventured somewhat into some other bands, but because specifically of an artist. So that's another category that we can kind of look at as saying, okay, you like a specific band. What if you really, really love one or two particular artists like we do as well? Shout out out to Miles Sang. Miles Sang, yeah. And I mean, James Lames. Mm -hmm. We've got a few of them. Um, But yeah, I definitely had those first two categories you know, look to the bands you like. Mm-hmm. These these gig posters are prevalent throughout a number of musicians. Mm-hmm. I will tell you, some are harder than others. 
Yeah. Um, a new musician th- that I've heard that like the people are bananas about is Billy Strings. Billy Strings, absolutely. I've He's heard, got a huge yeah. poster kind of collection he brewing. Does. Yep. And people, if you love Billy Strings um, and you collect posters, that subcategory of artist and poster mm-hmm. and musician is, from what I hear, pretty pretty difficult. People get a little a little excited. Yeah. And then, so we've got, you know, look at what bands you like. Yep. Look at the artists that make their gig posters. See if there's a, a particular artist style that you gravitate towards. I think you can start your collection around an artist across many different bands. Um, and or, um, I had sort of the genre of posters or the theme of the poster as oh, another... I see what you're saying. As another bucket, a third bucket okay. of ways you could start to think about putting a collection together. So maybe... Maybe you're not really into all bands or, or any particular band. You just have a love of music in general. Mm-hmm. And you like more of a eclectic group of artists. Mm-hmm. But maybe you want to build your collection around a particular theme. Like maybe you really like skeletons. Oh. And there's a lot of like uh, skeleton themed or pirate themed or Day mm-hmm. of the Dead themed posters out there. Okay. You know, maybe you like owls. I'm looking at one in particular by Todd Slater uh, for Dave Matthews, Tim Reynolds, Night 3 of Mexico 2022. Right. That has sort of a spread out wingspan, almost like a raven or an eagle, but it's an owl. And the owl is kind of perched atop mm-hmm. a... Uh, sun and pyramid so maybe you're really into owls as a hobby and you might collect imagery of owls you could find Mm -hmm. different bands and artists that have put owl elements into posters it's funny we were just talking about that for this particular tour season 2023 for the dave matthews band i said to mike this morning i said is every concert poster have mushrooms in it this this particular tour and a lot of a lot of them do i mean we think about Walk Around the Moon, mm-hmm. the actual album itself. Dave's talked about his adventure into the psychedelic. So uh, not all of them have mushrooms, but similar thematic um, throughout a lot of the the artist imagery this year. This yeah, so if, if you really love mushrooms, this is a good year for you to That's be taking right. out Dave Matthews <laughs> yeah. Band twirls. But, yep. you know, so again, looking at the, the band, looking at the artist, maybe looking at just the imagery and building a genre or, or a collection around a genre. Mm-hmm. And then finally, I would just say the, the fourth bucket is I'm not sure if it matters, right? I, it really doesn't have to mean anything to anyone other than you as a collector. I think yeah. maybe this is my, my throwaway one. And it might also be my most important one, <laughs> which is as long as it brings you joy and you find value in it, don't yes. worry so much about, well, this is the hard one to get, or everybody loves this artist, or, you know, Billy Strings is the new hot artist. I need to get some Billy Strings posters. I mean, if you want to do that stuff, great. More power to you. But I don't, I would encourage you not to stress about those things. Just find whatever resonates with you and and build your, your collection. Well, I've been that. saying that for years about the things that we collect the things that we have that was that Marie Kondo book that you know everyone's like throw away your stuff only keep things that bring you joy Mm -hmm. but there's a lot of merit to that um and as we are talking about logistics going down the road here you know uh, the old the old Pokemon you know theme of gotta collect them all it's it's very difficult to uh monitor that and manage that within these collections of posters that don't that don't take up a small amount of space. 
yeah, it's, it's, it may it may be impossible, right, to truly try to collect or catch them all. Yeah. Some people might be out there doing it. I don't know. If you yeah. are a poster collector listening and your objective is to collect every single poster that a particular band or a particular artist, artist puts out, let us know in the comments. I'd be really interested to hear that because I start to think about, well, maybe an artist is possible, right? Maybe I could collect every James Flames piece, but then I think... Really, I'd have to almost subcategorize that to every James Flames of piece the of the Dave Matthews band. band. That might be attainable mm-hmm. for me, but to go beyond that would be. I mean, he's done a lot of works for other oh, yeah. other bands, other Absolutely. artists, um, yeah. and so it can become complicated. Yeah, logistical issues. Um, but once you've identified what you like, yep. uh, I think the next logical question becomes: How do you obtain it? Where do you buy these things? Where right. do you get? A gig poster. Yep. Um, First place, easiest place, if you are so lucky to get one, is obviously the merchandise tents, yep. the merch booth, so the at venue. the show, yep. the venue, when you're there. Um, you know, that's, for, for us poster collectors, it's great to be able to snag one at the show because I think, for me, I like to have souvenirs. Mm-hmm. I think of it as... My souvenir of the show gives me that I walk by my poster. I remember we went to that show. Um, and so that's really ultimately the first first stop. Yeah, and I, I called this stop, you know, the venue. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of points to hit on. Some venues have outside merch tents. Yeah, which... that seems new. I don't ever recall having a pre-merchandise tent before you go into the venue. It's it's been limited. Okay. I think um some of the larger venues, maybe the weekend venue stops have them. Mm-hmm. Certainly our experience down at in, in Cancun Wellington. with Dave oh, yeah, and Tim, Cancun. there's a whole merch line before the yeah. shows that's set up differently. They don't sell any merch at the show. Correct. Like, there's no merch tent at the show. Correct. Dave and Tim. And so I did want to draw this distinction for our listeners to understand what a, a merchandise tent is outside the venue versus inside the venue. So outside what we're starting to see kind of catch on a little more is some some limited merchandise yes. sold mm-hmm. before you punch your ticket and enter the gates to the concert. I'm just going to laugh if you say punch your ticket cuz unless you get your warehouse tickets everything's on your phone, but I, yes. I, I do miss that little Yeah, well and there's so we've got a good friend um Brett, who who runs around to different shows, mm-hmm. uh, shout out to Brett and Nikki, uh, probably listening, hopefully listening. Um, and you know, we've known folks that will go to these shows and, and run around and, and grab grab posters wherever they can for the for their own personal collection, mm-hmm. and then sometimes help a friend out. Yep. Sometimes in, in the olden days, there used to be what was called a burner ticket, right, where you took a ticket mm-hmm. um, and you went into the venue. It was, it was an extra ticket, right? Oh. So if you had two people going, you had a third ticket. And you would go into the venue with that burner ticket, that uh-huh. third ticket, just to get your merchandise. Leave. Then leave and take it back out to your car. Oh. And then when you were ready to go into the concert, you use your two other tickets. Wow. Um, and, and some of that's getting alleviated now with this concept of the outside merchandise tent. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, inside becomes yep. inside the venue after you've, you've gone in right. and you've punched your ticket, yes. so to speak. Yep. Um, and uh, and so you know if you don't snag one because again they're limited. Yep. And what we've learned also on the subcategory of your standard poster and then your foil posters that the venues 
it's not like, here's a stack of foils, here's a stack of standard regular ones. They're interchanged, they're mixed in, and it's sort of first come, first serve, I think. I don't know, I've never walked up to a merch tent and it was like, here's your, your foil, and I'm like, nah, I don't want the foil, I want a regular one. I don't know if they go, okay, no problem, I'm going to put the foil back. Well, I think um, you ha- the way that it's set up now, right, and this is different, I'm not sure if foils were always a different price. They might have been a slightly higher price. Now we're seeing foil posters at mm-hmm. double, almost triple the yeah. price of a regular poster. So it used to be a regular poster was 50 and the foil maybe it was 60 or 75 They've gone up to $60 for the regular posters at, at most Dave Matthews yep. shows. And the foil variant is now $150 at the venue. At the venue. Um, and so this is an increase. Uh, we saw them at 100 and 125 Now they're 150 yeah. Again, inflation is a thing, but also it speaks to the limited run, the collectability of them. I think, rightfully so, there's a lot of fans out there who are like, I don't want to pay... Mm-hmm. 3x the price of the poster just because it's on shiny paper and more power to you for that mentality you don't it's, have that i don't have that <laughs> mentality but i'd like i'd like that mentality um but no i i do love the foil variants um so if you're if you're at a show obviously inside the merch tents outside some venues have outside yeah. merch tents the other thing i wanted to point out here is just other opportunities to be on the lookout for while you're at a concert or at a venue. This happened to me when we were seeing Fish in Raleigh, mm-hmm. uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, Walnut Creek Pavilion. Last summer. I was in line last summer, in line. I said, this is my first ever Fish show. I'm going to buy the poster just to commemorate it. Plus, it was yep. a really cool looking mm-hmm. poster. And I get up and, and they sold the last one like right before we were, yeah. we were helped. And I said, oh, well, you know, not a big deal. And then as we're leaving uh, the merch line, there's maybe a 12 to 14-year-old kid yeah. uh, already trying to flip his poster, yeah, sell it. Yeah, he's hustling it right in front of the merch booth for 2 x yeah, 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 like $120, $150 for a $60 poster. Yep. Um, and I got to be honest, I thought about it for a second. And then I said, no, you know, if there's one thing this hobby has taught me is it's patience. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to see something, you're going to want it. You may have the wherewithal to go after it right in that moment and pay whatever the number is. You may have to pull back a little bit and manage your 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 hobby a little bit and mm-hmm. say, I'm going to wait until another price comes along. And so to that end, mm-hmm. I wanted to give folks mm-hmm. a little bit of hope. If you're not at the venue or if, if the venue has sold out, mm-hmm. um, the artist direct option. Correct. And that's what I call it. But typically each artist... Whether it be um, Todd Slater, Daniel Danger, Dan Mumford, Miles Sang, Brandon Trammell, uh, Brandon Trammell, um, Joshua Noom, mm-hmm. what whoever Methane, even. the studio yeah. is or the artist is that has produced the print yep. for that night, typically they are going to have AP versions, yep. artist proof versions, or AE. Sometimes they're called artist edition. These are direct sold through the artist website at a retail price. Mm-hmm. So a yeah. similar price point as what you would see at the venue. Yeah, there's maybe slightly higher mm-hmm. um, because, you know, you think about the run, the run number. So artist editions are artist proofs direct from the artist. Um, oftentimes it will be, you know, a few days or a week after the venue, after the event of the venue, where they'll post on their social media, you know, 11 a.m., 
Thursday, you know, we'll be posting our artist proof editions. And you can uh, usually, again, if it's an artist that you love, you're going to be probably following them on their socials anyways. So we, I know I do it and I'll set like a little, um, notification on my phone that says, you know, AP edition of blank artwork, 11 AM. And then we, Mike and I will try our best between the two, especially if it's one that we didn't get at the venue or not at an event we went to, but it's an artist that we love and we'll try to get an AP version. So that's, that's version. That's sort of not version. That's a, Route number two. Yeah, and I, I think just to do you all, our listeners, uh, a service, I don't want to make it sound like these are super easy to get from the artist website. To the contrary, I want to really... just warn you or, or throw a just nugget of information yep. that it is challenging to get on and uh, get a poster from an artist website mm-hmm. who, who is popular yeah. um, most typically. It's, what I mean by this is the phrase cart jacked is a thing um well what this is is when you basically get to the website you're on time you Hit select the, the poster you put it in your cart you go to check out paypal or whatever asks you how many fire hydrants there are and to verify <laughs> and before you know it as you're in the checkout line it's sold out and it's been taken out of your cart uh. this is an increasing problem daniel danger just spoke very uh, i think yeah. eloquently about this right. on his socials yeah. uh, and uh Maybe used some not nice words in there too, but what's happening is there's some different um, bots or programs that are being leveraged out there to go and buy posters to, as they hit to, to flip them for, to then flip. Yeah, and it it's it's a problem. Not just I mean, look if you if you're a concert goer, you see this all the time. You go to buy your tickets through the the ticket awful peoples of the world and they're sold out within 30 seconds or you can't get in. It's all blocked. And then all of a sudden you get in and what's there already resellers. Yeah. Trying to say this is a verified resale ticket. So it's, you know, it's not just uh, limited to the posters, but unfortunately we live in a technology world where, you know, entrepreneurial people are trying to make a buck at the expense of true fans. And it stinks. And, And especially for the artists themselves. I mean, and I actually, I really enjoyed watching Daniel Danger's stories the other day when he did his AP because he basically said, I'm going to be hawking this for anybody who's who's buying more than what seems like a regular amount. He's like, you're getting canceled. Yeah. It, like, it's just going to happen. And he also set something up. He did. That, that tricked the bots or something. Brilliant. It was like, it was like $6,000 or something. And there were bots, he said, that actually mm-hmm. converted sales. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for posters yep. at the price point of $6,000, which yeah. is crazy to me um, how that might happen. But again, it was sort of mm-hmm. like, and I think yeah. afterwards he canceled all those orders. He, yeah, he, didn't, he did. He didn't honor them. No. But just an interesting kind of dynamic mm-hmm. of what's happening. Um, all this is not to build uh, fear or anything around this. No, it's, just... it's quite the opposite to give you some knowledge out there and know that right. even if these things happen to you, you found the piece that you really love. Yep. You missed it at the show. You couldn't get it in the artist drop. Patience is your friend. <laughs> um, I just recently am pretty excited about this, and, and hopefully it actually comes, but um, I just converted an order on eBay for a James Flames piece from Dave and Tim Mexico in 2019, mm-hmm. and I couldn't believe how low it was. We'll see if it's it's a scam or not. I don't think it is, but yeah. um, 
I think I picked it up for 59 bucks. Yeah, that's and crazy. It's a crazy reasonable price for a poster that probably retailed at $50 mm-hmm. at the show. So that's to say, have patience. I think a lot of the inflation around posters is often time-based. And hype too. Right. That initial hype as it comes out. Yeah. People see it, they want it, they got to have it, and the price spikes. Mm-hmm. Prices do decline and come down. Yep. So just kind of, you know, let it have a cooling off period or whatnot, and, and then visit it periodically yep. wherever posters may be sold. Right. And that, then that brings you to the sort of the third route, which sec- secondary, secondary market. market. Yep. Yeah. And that can be, that can be eBay. Yep. Um, that can be Facebook groups mm-hmm. i know you've had some great luck within i'm not um a, a person of the the face of books or the book of faces or whatever it is but um there's some really great and what's great about those groups is that those are groups that are poster collectors that are, they're people who would be like us who would hopefully listen to our podcast um but they are generally pretty good human beings that again for the love of of collecting yep um, so what this might look like to you if you're listening and you're not a part of is, let's just stick with Billy Strings. You might be um, a big Billy Strings fan mm-hmm. um, and you might start to look for Billy Strings poster collectors or something on Facebook mm-hmm. or Billy Strings merchandise collectors mm-hmm. on Facebook. Generally, these are groups run by fans yep. and they're going to be willing um, you know, to deal with you probably a little bit uh better pricing wise than if you're just looking at ebay where something's listed although i will say ebay gets a bad rap sometimes in these communities of uh collecting it's like oh somebody's flipping something on ebay but there's a function on ebay called buy it now Mm -hmm. right which is where somebody puts a price up there's another function that says make an offer and this allows you the buyer to say to somebody who's selling hey look i don't want to pay $200 $200 that you have this poster listed right. for, but I'd be willing to pay you $100 for it and then start a negotiation around the price yep. and see if you can get it at the price point that you like. Mm-hmm. Um, the forums on Facebook or other places, uh, Espresso Beans, which we've talked about mm-hmm. in the past, uh, I'm not sure how active folks are these days, but yeah. I'm still active on there. Um, I think you can find poster traders and collectors mm-hmm. um, in, in those forums who may have what you want, the function or the abbreviation ISO in search of is very helpful. You can make a post in these groups yourself. Mm -hmm. If if you don't see someone selling what you're looking for, you could say ISO Dave Matthews band Raleigh poster 2021. Mm -hmm. Please let me know if you have it. There's another phraseology that is dibs. Some might be most, someone may post the poster and say, dibs this for $200. Then there's reverse dibs where you could say, I want this poster. I'm ISO this poster. This is the point where I get like, just tell me what it is. Tell me what you want. Like, right. These I, are just different functionalities. and Right. It's its own sub communication language it within is. these groups. It is. And I'm, I, if I haven't told you beforehand, I'm very grateful that you handle all of that because I, thank you. I don't have the patience for those types of things. <laughs> Erica is the mechanical, uh, yep. producer of the podcast. She runs all the digital stuff. Um, <laughs> I am the procurer of fine art and antiquities. <laughs> I like to think of myself like a Dave Matthews band poster, Indiana Jones of sorts. <laughs> Um, wow. Which just came to me. Now I'm just going to have to get you some sort of hat. 
Right. That's like an Indiana Jones hat with a fire dancer on that'd it. Be, well, that'd be... See, I know that's you a actually merch, would love that. That's a merch idea right there. Yeah, whoever's creating things. Um, so that kind of wraps a little bit on our secondary market discussions, yep. forums, Artist Direct, uh, eBay. Mm-hmm. Um, Etsy is another one I'll mention. Well, that's sort of artist direct, but not you may not think of it as artist direct. Yeah. Because we have found James Flames posters mm-hmm. through, through his, his web website. store on Etsy. Yeah. So oftentimes, what that's actually a, it's cool. I, you know, Etsy back in the day was really a maker's market. Uh, you know, an eBay for for makers. You know, for artisans and um, the like. Uh, over the last few years, I think unfortunately, if you're an Etsy. Um, maker you've noticed that their fees have gone way up you've noticed that they've allowed more amazon level sellers on etsy and so um you know but it's still out there so for example i think it was a uh, christmas uh last year i got you a a really cool james flames direct from james flames etsy and oftentimes again you know i'd love to have a conversation with one of the artists but i think what happens is you know they might be cleaning out their uh, studio and yeah. they're like oh man I just found this print it's just the last one and they just put it up on Etsy and it's cool because you can snag them for you know again it goes directly to the artist which I like yes. you know yes you got to pay some Etsy fees and they've got to you know share their percentage of commission with Etsy um, but you're I, supporting but an you're artist. supporting an artist directly uh, for Father's Day I just got Mike a really cool print from uh, Danny Steinman. Yep. Who um, we don't see concert posters specifically or recently, um, but I was able to get him a really cool print for Father's Day that was signed and it was you know direct from from the artist as and, well. And Danny Steinman's a topic I really would like to delve into sometime on the podcast. Yeah. Again, moonshot and like hopefully maybe someday even have him on. <laughs> um, Danny Steinman, and you can find him on Facebook at. Uh, pin daddy p-i-n-d-a-d-d-y um and you can find his pin daddy store on etsy danny steinman uh, really i think is a huge grateful dead fan and started art around the grateful dead yeah he was selling it at shakedown i think he was selling it at yeah shows and things um now has his whole kind of uh mini empire around pins oh yeah so these are hat pins that um are work by an artist and they're reflective of of uh music and songs and has done a couple collabs with dave matthews let's do a a podcast Um, on that we need to do one at at some point um so that kind of wraps uh how you get these things or where to buy them the next category i want to touch on uh was transportation of your Mm -hmm. of your goods right these are limited edition items Poster collectors were very concerned about crisp edges, uh, not creased prints. We want them to be as pristine and perfect as we can. And so the transportation of your print, whether you are buying it or whether you are selling it and shipping it to somebody, I think it's really good to consider the quality and the type of transportation. Thought we would identify a few issues we've seen or lived through. Yeah. Um, Well, let's talk about you know, procuring, right? The front end. I'm, yep. I'm getting a poster. Okay. Right? I'm at the venue. At the venue. I get to the merch booth. Merch booth. They've got the poster. I'm so Hallelujah. excited. They hand it to me and then they, I give them my money. Yes. And then I go. But one of the things that we've noticed, and this is very interesting, again, as, as poster collectors for the Dave Matthews Band, when you go to a show, they've got giant boxes full of these really nice heavy-duty cardboard tubes and plastic toppers, caps. 
So, you know, sometimes there's a nice little table you can go over to and you can gently roll them up. Um, and then you put them inside your tube and you secure them. And then whether you're at the show or not, or you're at the outside merch, you know, booth, you, you can take it back to your car or whatnot. But if you're in the venue and you're inside, you got to hold on to that tube. But generally that tube is really sturdy. Yes. Um, we, we saw actually not waterproof, not Not waterproof, waterproof, but heavy duty cardboard, plastic caps. Yep. If it's not raining and you're holding on to your tube, you will probably get out of there safely. For sure. Um, the other thing that again, now, now as poster collectors, we have procured a, um, a travel tube. Yes. Which is like a really heavy duty plastic, which also is a great place to put your stickers on. So uh, if you have followed us on Instagram, you've noticed that we've got some poster stickers. You can slap it on your, your poster tube and, and uh, rep some of our posters uh, in Every Direction podcast. But um, This is so, almost like a little suitcase yep, for your poster. Yep, and we carry some extra papers. Mike is uh, really great about keeping a few extra, like one is a... It's like a brown craft paper. Yeah. That's good to lay down on any surface Yeah, and just Protect make sure the back, the back of the poster isn't hitting anything. Yep. And then you have this sort of, almost like a wax, not wax paper. It is, it's like yeah, a, wax it's a wax paper, paper. meets a tissue paper. Mm-hmm. And that goes on the top, and as you roll it up, it protects sort of that inside piece. So, you know, sometimes if you have a poster that has really heavy ink on it, mm-hmm. um, oftentimes you'll see... When they're stacked and then shipped to the venue, uh, you'll see, I know I have, I've grabbed a poster and on the back of it, you see it's rubbed. Yes. The ink is kind of worn off. So the nice thing about having that double layer of protection when you're rolling your poster, if you, um, you know, have your own tube and bring your own paper with you, uh, is that it does protect the poster on the, on the ink side. Yeah. And I do want to point out that it's good to be prepared with a travel poster tube. Mm -hmm. Erica and I were recently at the... Dead and Company show in Raleigh. It was our first Grateful Dead show. It was my mm-hmm. first. It was I think it was your first. Yeah, I've right? never seen. Yeah. Yep. Never Both seen of that. our first Grateful Dead experience. We didn't know what to expect with the merchandise. Yeah. First, first of all, Dead and Company, a lot wow. of merch. A lot of merch. Wow. Hats, yeah. t-shirts, posters, foil posters, pins, round foil posters, pins, backpacks, jean jackets. Oh gosh, it was like. It was a lot. It was a lot. And I, was I mean, impressed. I get it. I'm, yeah. yeah, I was definitely impressed. What I was not impressed with, and this is not to call out Dead and Company, this is just like take a note, poster collectors, they did not have cardboard tubes for their posters. No. And I will also say these posters were in demand and at a much higher count than mm-hmm. I typically see a Dave Matthews yes. poster. In other words, you typically see a Dave Matthews poster in the eight, nine hundreds, maybe a thousand. I think one of the posters had a count run, not the not the venue, but like the tour one had like oh, over five thousand yeah. or something. Yep. The venue one was over a thousand. Yeah, I think that's eighteen hundred. Eighteen hundred, almost mm-hmm. two thousand. So very high counts. They're anticipating selling a lot of these yep. posters, and what do they have to protect them? It was a little plastic bag. It so was we had like to roll a long, it up. Yeah, it was almost like a umbrella bag. Yep, we rolled it up into like an umbrella bag, and yep. then I said, you know what? I just feel like we need to double bag it. Yep. So we double bagged it, and thank goodness we did because it poured. It poured. It, it rained. Was torrential, heavy. heavy, heavy. And here I was, unprepared, not no having tube. a poster tube. Yep. Because I didn't really yep. anticipate there not being a poster tube. Yeah. Um, so lesson learned, but mm-hmm. um, it it is something to consider that. Before you go to a venue, if yeah. you're thinking about buying a poster, do a little research. See if you can find out yeah. if they're going to have um, poster also, tubes available. And I think, you know, just then when you're in the venue thinking about 
for us, if you have seats, you know, you could put your poster to maybe rest it on the seat. But if you're in the lawn or if you're in the pit, you got to hold on to that thing with your dear life by with your with your bare hands. Yeah. And so having a poster tube that has a strap is kind of nice because you can almost like, you know, just wear it. wear it like a backpack or a crossbody. So that's, you know, those are the sort of the, the transport on the front end. And then we were thinking about, you know, aftermarket transport. So whether you're buying something from someone or you're selling a poster to somebody, some things to consider. Maybe. Yeah, I would say the community by and large is pretty good about this. I've had, knock on wood, only positive shipping experiences. Um, but when you're shipping a poster through the U.S. mail or UPS or whomever your mm-hmm. delivery choice is, just pack it with care. Um, make sure you're, you know, paying attention to uh, rolling, obviously, mm-hmm. the poster correctly. Um, with Using some extra paper. With some ex- extra paper. Um, maybe a little painter's tape sealing the outside paper shut into a heavy-duty cardboard tube that can handle shipping through the USPS or wherever, capping it on the ends with the plastic caps, taping over those caps so they stay on there almost waterproof. Not plenty of folks have just put that in the mail then, and that's fine. Mm -hmm. By and large, gets there. The next step that I've seen people do, and this costs a little bit more money, but we had a Chuck Sperry piece mailed to us, and the person did this, This and I was very grateful. They took that whole setup that I just described inside the, the hard plastic or hard cardboard tube and then they took that final tube and they inserted it inside a triangular shaped mailer with USPS. Yeah. That's just an added level of protection. Well, it got us it got it here pristine that, and um that Sperry is prized possession and that, that Sperry will for sure talk about it on its own. Yeah, and if you follow if you follow uh, posters closely, what we're talking about is one that's called, I think, affectionately Harmonia. That's mm-hmm. what we call it anyway. Yeah. It's from the 2019 Gorge show where Dave Sperry did it, or uh, Chuck Sperry did a poster for Dave Matthews yeah. Band. That's um, cool. So that's a little bit just on tips and tricks for mailing. Yeah. Um, finally, we had sort of a category of storage and display. And this was really the the inspiration for the name of this episode, The Walls and Halls Have Disappeared. <laughs> That's a lyric from the Dave Matthews song, Warehouse. Yeah. And it's also a challenge in collecting and displaying posters. Right. So in our house, we display the posters in frames. Uh, we haven't gotten to the point where we um, have like a portfolio where we're going to be... Um, storing maybe maybe some that uh, don't have a place in a frame but we're at the point though where everything we get goes into a frame uh we really like this particular frame that we get from michael's um and i think the brand is belmont Mm -hmm. and oftentimes they come right now i've seen at least four or five different frame colors we really like this weathered gray tends to match really well we recently discovered this one that's like a really deep blue that really looks great on certain i'm looking at we have at least three right now in our the the most recent the daniel danger and the stone went into one of these blue frames Mm -hmm. Uh, but they're great because they're a standard 18 by 24 uh size which 99 percent of our posters are this standard size we have had a few that when we go to put them in the frame, we're like, what? why does this not fit? And it's just a hair off, you know, production. And it cut a little funnier, cut a little big. And we've then had to invest in some, you know, custom framing. 
Um, Which but... is a good segue into custom framing. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. You, you know, the ones that Erica referenced are our sort of bread and butter go-to every day. Yep. These are for posters that, you know, probably aren't as high in value, but they are good ways to protect and display mm-hmm. them. Yep. Uh, almost like giant uh, baseball card sleeves used yeah. to be or something. Yeah. But they have a nice little faux wood frame around them, mm-hmm. different colors that adds a nice touch. Yep. Um, that's an off-the-shelf sort of bring it home, throw it in the frame, throw it up. And yep. it works well for us. Yeah. It does not necessarily work well for everybody. Folks get very particular about the type of glass that is used. Mm-hmm. These are just like plexiglass or plastic yeah. fronts. Um, a lot of folks are very into the museum quality glass with UV light protection mm-hmm. so that fading does not occur on the posters. I haven't had any of my posters fade, knock on wood, but they're all in areas that are... There's just some indirect light, yeah. not really a whole lot of direct light. Really, um, only one of our issues that we had was with some paper mites. So yeah. uh, we had, it was, it's one of our Chex Fairies. Mm-hmm. It was the one. Um, the, gold the gold foil from the Greek theater. Yeah. And that was a fluky one that Mike had gotten through the warehouse with a t-shirt. And it was, she was in a poster tube for, I mean. Yeah, a it was while. a bit. Yep. I don't think we even realized what we had. Well, we, and at that time, at that time, yeah. we really sort of were were baby collectors, um, and so we had just ordered a. Now that was an unusually larger frame, so I think we went online and ordered a custom. You know, and it wasn't terribly expensive. It was just a custom frame, and we kind of clipped it in. Well, one day I'm doing some dusting, and I was looking at her, and I'm like, "What? Why are these little flakes on here?" And I looked at it and I was like, oh, no, those are paper mites. Mm-hmm. So we immediately got, it out, got of it out of the frame, cleaned it up, and took it to Michael's to get it professionally framed because we, we wanted to preserve that. That was, you know, again, that's one of our... Pinnacle. And luckily we caught it before yep. any damage was done. It's but still in pristine still, condition, but yeah. now it's housed in a yep. custom frame, made at Michael's Crafts. Yeah, um, specialty glass, backings, and all the, all the yeah. nine. So. And it's a fun project when you go through mm-hmm. a, a professional framer. You might have a local framer, yep. um, or you might want to DIY it. We have a good friend, shout out to Chris. May have him on the podcast in the future just to yeah. take a deeper dive into framing. But he's into DIY frame, makes his own frames, makes his own matting. Yeah. And goes that route. There are some folks in the Facebook forums that mm-hmm. um, do framing so as sort of a side hobby oh, so or their like profession. Send them off to them, send and they'll it off, frame and they'll frame it. it. Wow. Um, and there's one guy in particular I have to track down his name who's really popular. But there are these custom framing options mm-hmm. out there. Yep, they can be fun projects. They can be very expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, if you're at a bigger box store, make sure you're utilizing coupons. And if you are working with a local framer or something, yeah. I would talk to them about any kind of, you know, frequent buyer program <laughs> they might have. That would be my question if I was. If right, I was I'm going to bring you about twenty of these a year. So, right. uh... but the advantage to a custom frame is it's it really does build out the art piece for a, sure. a centerpiece for your home, yeah. or your office, yep. um, and the. The quality of that UV protecting museum level glass right, it's peace of mind. is something you cannot really beat. It's yeah. just, uh, is it cost effective once you surpass, you know, three or four pieces in your home? It, it's it's right. challenging to keep up with that cost yeah, for sure. We and I also like the, um, the fact that all of our posters are the same. The frames are the same size, and so that if we are going to do like a gallery wall. Um, it, it gives continuity to, uh, the posters for sure. So, 
Um, the, the other thing that I had mentioned earlier, and we don't have this yet, um, is a lot of people will go get these portfolios. And so essentially it's like a giant um, photo album mm-hmm. and these sleeves and you would slide in your poster into the sleeves and then they would be at least kept flat for down the road. Again, if you don't have time to frame it or don't want to frame it or are thinking of selling it down the road, you know, like Mike said, keeping it as pristine, clean edges, flat and protected the best you can. Yep. And I think it's a good option, the portfolio, Mm -hmm. even if it's not how you particularly collect, you might just say, well, I need a place to store them until I get to the place where I'm ready to have this custom framed. Right. Then it's something that, hey, it's sort of an in-between, like a purgatory for posters or something (laughs) like that. I don't know, again, logistically, if it's better to do that versus leaving them rolled up in your poster tube as well because we've, you know, we've learned that sometimes you can grab something, put it in the poster tube, forget about it. Maybe you go to resell it. You think it's in pristine condition and it shows up and has a little crease in it. Not any reason other than it's how it went into the tube in the first place. And so there are some risks associated with just keeping it rolled up in the tube mm-hmm. um, for, for an extended period of time. Yep. But again, to each his own. Yeah. And if, if you have if you have like a really cool way of storing your posters or a really neat, you know, way that we could share, I mean, share, comment, uh, go to our Instagram. We'll do a little post about this uh, this episode specifically and would love to have kind of an engaged conversation with y'all about how you prefer to store uh, your posters. Absolutely. Totally open to that. Look forward to hearing from you. And yeah. Thank you all so much for listening, and uh, if you haven't already, please give us a like, subscribe to us on Spotify. We're we're looking into getting the podcast on other platforms, so Mm -hmm. stay tuned for that, and uh, we will talk to you next time. Thanks again.